0: Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham and 105.1 down south in Newton and Peterborough and all the, the cities that take on this show as well. We're so happy to be with you this evening. Another Parenting Hour show. Alhamdulillah. And we have a very exciting line lineup of guests this evening. A lot of people in front of me here. I can see them all, but you can't see them, listeners. And they're all smiling, which is lovely, Mashallah. Uh, waiting to come on the show and introduce what they do and explain the services that they provide. And we're bringing this specially because we know during COVID-19 period that there is a lot of Mental health, emotional health, well being issues that people are having, and we're all suffering that anxiety, staying at home. This is something we've never had before. This is something new. We're missing our families, missing our friends. We don't, it's hard to have those social relationships with, with people, and it's affecting an, us all, and some more than others, and especially if you are. In the perinatal period, which we would say if you're pregnant or had a baby in the last two years, again, it can be very isolating um, if you are at home and not mixing with others, not mixing with your mom or your mom-in-law or your sister in laws to get that advice and don't know where to turn to. So this evening, we have put on this special show with two wonderful organisations, one working nationally, one working in Birmingham. I think uh, maybe there are outside Birmingham as well. When we come to occasion, they'll explain that to us. And um, it, offering their services there have been well established working for many years and working with ethnic minorities as well. And really willing to help you and support you listeners. So this is your opportunity to, to listen to take down notes, to take down notes for yourself or for others. It may be that you are not pregnant or have had a baby, but you may know of a neighbor, of a friend, of a, a relative, that this information is very useful for. So please do listen into this and be observant of what we're trying to say as best as you can. Uh, I know we're we're in half term and we're uh, winding down and the children are at home and you're maybe not able to take everything on board but if you do have any questions for us you can email studio at unityfm.net and we will get those questions answered to you and um, to you on another show and I'm sure we can bring back our guests again on another show or if it is more urgently they, they will, we will put you in contact with each organization and they can answer you individually themselves as well. And I'm sure our guests are willing to do that and wanting to support you. So while they give out their own numbers during the the show as well, and their own websites, if you forget, you can always contact the studio and we can pass on that to you as well. So let me introduce my two organisations. I've got APP, which is the Association of Postpartum Psychosis, and I've got Acacia. And both of them are really wonderful organizations and we've got uh, two people from each organization here this evening, all eager to tell you about what they do and how you can, listeners, get this message across to others if it's not for yourself. So let us go to APP first. Hi, Hannah. How
1: are you? Hi, Kathleen. I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having us on this show, this really important show that you're putting on um, this evening. Thanks so much. Uh, My name's Hannah Bissett. I'm one of the national coordinators at APP, and I oversee a number of projects throughout the country. We do work throughout the country, especially online, which we've always done as an organisation, and obviously much more so now in the COVID-19 situation we're in. We offer information and peer support for women and families who've been affected by postpartum psychosis. That is a very serious illness that can happen after you have a baby. I was unwell after I had my eldest son 10 and a half years ago now. I also have a six-year-old. But I suppose the good news with this illness, with any mental illness, especially in perinatal period, is that there's a lot of help and support and information out there and actually very good treatments that will get you back to yourself. It's not anything that everybody would ever imagine could happen to them, but it can. And I think that awareness is really important and we work a lot on that at APP. So great to join you this evening from sunny North Yorkshire.
0: Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Wonderful. That's a lovely introduction to to APP and North Yorkshire. Thank you. And you have with you your colleague here. That's also Natalie with us this evening. Uh, Hi, Natalie you also work for APP
2: yes hi Kathleen thank you again for having us on the show tonight um yeah so I'm a peer support worker for um action on postpartum psychosis working in conjunction with that um organization and the NHS I am under the East team and I'm now recently under the South and Solihull team so I'm pretty much Covering the whole of the Birmingham area, uh, Birmingham and Solihull, and I go into the community generally with um, colleagues to see women and their families in the community and to support them and give them hope that um, recovery is possible and what well, is more than possible. It it. it's you know it's said and done really and that um, they can get on with their lives and become the parents they want to be. Um, At the moment obviously I'm not out in the community I'm working from home so it's a lot of telephone contact and I'm still running the virtual cafe group once a month as well so for women who've had postpartum psychosis.
0: Mm, That sounds interesting we'll come back to that later on virtual coffee indeed uh, that sounds lovely. Um, and then I'll move over to our other organisation. Uh, we've got two guests from there, Rob and Donna. So I don't know who would like to go first from there to introduce yourselves.
3: I'm um, Rob Ewart. So I am the operations director for Acacia Family Support. Um, so Acacia Family Support, we're um, a Christian charity based in Birmingham. We cover the whole of uh, Birmingham at the moment. We're looking to expand out further into the West Midlands, but um, as yet, we we are just Birmingham-based. And so primarily we we work with moms and dads and families who are experiencing um, pre- and postnatal depression and anxiety in that sort of mild to moderate end of that um, spectrum. Uh, We work alongside other specialist services um, so that we have got Good pathways into those more intensive services if they're needed mm-hmm. um, yeah so we have actually got centres across Birmingham where we would normally deliver face-to-face befriending group work or um, other bits and pieces um, at the moment obviously because we're all uh, very restricted in uh, our social contact we're focusing on um, telephone support, uh, we've got some online peer support groups uh, and we're just launching some um, online CBT based group work as well. So all our services can be accessed on online now at the moment.
0: Wonderful that's really good and you have your colleague Donya, Donna with you today as well. Hi Donna. Hi there my name's Donna Francis I'm
4: one of the locality managers at Acacia so the areas that I oversee is the Young Parents Project and the BAME Project. Um, So because of COVID-19 all of our services are now gone to telephone based. Um, We have looked at other systems of you know video calling but that hasn't been something that um, has been taken up by our families. So we're very busy trying to um, look at the additional needs as well of the families that we work with and as Rob said, we work around the multi-moderate end of postnatal depression and anxieties. Um, I suppose with COVID-19, we have seen increased anxieties from a lot of our families, well, the mums that we were working with in particular, um, just because of the changes that life is bringing. Um, And I suppose, yeah, just looking at One of the other things that's happened is where for some of our mums who have experienced anxiety, just the fact that they're more in a comfort zone being able to have that, um, given that it's okay to be at home. So, you know, it's that predicting there will be increased anxieties when we come out of this um, lockdown process really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I indeed, we we're all expecting that that there there will be, and it's, it's difficult for mums at the moment. I think a lot of them are just so busy uh, coping and managing at home that they're not and looking after others, not really thinking about themselves, and not seeing what's going on with themselves. And when we come out, there probably will be a big rise in anxieties. Yeah, and different issues.
3: Mm-hmm. it's uh, it's interesting that. Um, so early uh, on, when we went into what you know what we we're calling uh, lockdown, uh, the number of referrals into Acacia uh, dropped very sharply and was and remained really low. And I think part of that, as you say, is um, people just being distracted with all the, the, the COVID nineteen related things that are going on, and um, um, and that having a, a huge impact. But we've we've noticed just over the last week or two, um, and I don't know if it's. Any coincidence that, that that does coincide with talk about releasing the lockdown and, you know, children maybe having to go back to school, more people going back to work, etc. cetera. Um, we've seen quite a steep um, resurgence of referrals now. They've, they've really started to go up again. So it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see mm. how that pans out over the coming months.
0: Definitely, indeed. And with Ramadan as well, I think a lot of people were very distracted with Ramadan, and uh, uh, the rituals of Ramadan, and the prayers, and uh, the spirituality of that, and how high they were, and, and that and once we come out of that, now as well, and changing again routines, and not having been in that environment, and not taking on the the way we interact with each other, which we should be taking on, and, uh, and continuing it outside. But, you know, life gets in the way, and people come back to their own, what they were like, beforehand then we'll probably see a bit more of the issues there as well um coming up and you will probably be a, on data with more referrals indeed after um especially after this show hopefully
3: and, and they i think though i think being um being at home in that in that sort of um situation just generally has been given a, a full sense of security hasn't it to to moms And, and uh, like we said, there's been like a, an absolute dysfunction, isn't there, with COVID-19 and maybe mums um, particularly who are yeah, getting very anxious, that could, yeah, and would be likely to be put down to them, to the whole COVID-19 thing and getting anxious about that and how that's affecting them and that that's the issue and trying to reassure them that everything's okay, but not recognising that actually that Anxiety is probably a symptom of a deeper anxiety, which could be, you know, postnatal anxiety or prenatal anxiety, but it not being recognized because it's all mixed in with what's happening with the COVID 19.
1: I think That's you're so right with that, Rob.
0: Lovely what you're just saying, Rob. I really, uh, you've just led us lovely into mental health and talking about perinatal mental health, really, because I, some of our listeners may not be used to this terminology and may not understand. What is perinatal mental health? What is anxiety and how it affects mental health? What are the other types of perinatal mental health? So I I think we need to explain that. And thank you for introducing us lovely into that. So I wonder how how can we explain that more? Would anybody like to? Yeah, I
4: suppose with the symptoms of um, postnatal depression and anxiety, you're looking at that feeling of sadness but an ongoing feeling of sadness so we hear a lot about the baby blues um soon after giving birth but it's more than the baby blues this lasts for more than a few days um so it's looking at that thing of having a lack of energy not being able to sleep or when you're woken up not being able to get back to sleep um just feeling irritated and irritable at times as well. And there may be times where for some mums who aren't able to bond with their baby. So these are the things that we're looking for or what we talk about. And I suppose in extreme cases, you are looking at um, the potential of self-harm. So yeah, or taking of life as well to, to put it bluntly. So it is quite, it can be quite debilitating for um, a new mum or a pregnant Mm mum. So yeah, it's something for family members to definitely look out for. And then just looking at those anxieties, so things that you may have been quite comfortable doing, going out and going places and socialising. Not being able to do those things anymore, and there's that constant fear, um, and the manifesting of physical symptoms within that.
3: Mm. Mm. I think uh, I think other um, key sort of things could be uh, a feeling of hopelessness and being unable to cope are quite regular feelings as well, and that you're <laughs> failing, that you're a failure are all very common feelings with, with people experiencing PND. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there's a range there of feelings, a range of, of uh, way people feel that you might be picking up and uh, it's very different, as you're saying, from the blues and it's continuing on. Is there other kind of symptoms or other mental health conditions? What would other symptoms be, Hannah, there for, for parents that come to you?
1: Yeah, and I think there is a lot of awareness, relatively speaking, in recent years, although I still think lots more in, in different communities around, you know, um, having having words to describe it, having understanding those cultural expectations around mental health anyway. But I suppose at APP, we work, when you talk about a spectrum of illness, Rob and Donna have talked about that kind of mild to moderate end of of, of types of anxiety, depression, Um Postpartum psychosis is the very, very severe end. And when you think of that spectrum of illnesses, it's rare in some ways, but, you know, one to two in every thousand women who give birth will experience a a postpartum psychosis. That's about 1,400 people a year across the country. So not really small numbers. Um, It's certainly an illness I'd never heard of before I had it myself and nobody I knew of was aware of it. There are some links to bipolar type illness. So if anybody has that kind of diagnosis or has had similar experiences in the past and is expecting a baby, what's really important is to be knowing that there is a risk of becoming unwell because postpartum psychosis does usually, classically develop very quickly. It can be hours, days or or weeks of having a baby and those very, very severe symptoms of um, paranoia um, you mentioned sleep before, but actually not physically being able to sleep with postpartum psychosis is quite common. You know, people will go for days. Yeah, I went five days without sleep before before I was taken to the hospital. So Yeah. And I think there's something there about people thinking you don't sleep when you have a new baby and babies are awake. But actually, if you have no need for sleep, if you have that feeling of mania, if you actually feel you're doing wonderfully at being a new parent and you don't need to sleep then that's a very that's a it's something to be aware of that that isn't really what what you'd be expecting um hallucinations you know seeing things that aren't there hearing things that aren't there um racing thoughts being very 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 um busy in your mind in your body um is is a classic kind of symptom I suppose knowing what's normal. Again, Rob and Donna, you talked with the women that you're supporting, what what do they normally cope with? Of course, when you've got a new baby, everything's on its head, but actually some things really aren't, they're outside that scope of normal. And women often are unwell and not really knowing that they're unwell. And it's those around them, so those family members that really do know them, their their communities who are really, really important to, to be able to pick up those signs psychiatric emergency really is what we we call postpartum psychosis um, because it can be very very dangerous to women who using my own experience I I couldn't look after myself let alone being able to look after a baby I didn't want any harm to come to anybody but I was blissfully unaware of the world around me shall we say Um, people talk about feeling like they're on a different planet so sometimes those anxiety feelings and i suppose especially around covid now can be early symptoms i know i was probably presenting as really really very anxious at first but it went past any kind of anxiety into imagining things that could not possibly be true you know some of the hallucinations i was having were just really 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 out there and for me like 50 percent of all women who have this illness had never been unwell before so that was a very very scary time but The good news being that the treatments are out there um, and once you get that support, you get yourself preferably to a specialist perinatal mental health team, um, you can be very well treated. As with all perinatal mental health problems, you know, there is help out there even at COVID-19 and the difficult situation we're in. We want that message to be quite clear as well, that the NHS is open when it's needed for services, as are we as organisations working with, with women and families and communities at this time.
4: I think that's the great thing, isn't it? That we're able to come onto this show and be able to raise awareness around um, postpartum psychosis and postnatal depression and anxiety, because there is that fear, um, especially from new mums who are going to be thinking, well, I'm not good enough if I share how I'm feeling because our thoughts can get quite dark, especially when we're in our lowest mood. And there's that thought that, well, somebody's going to come and take my baby because they're going to think that, you know, I'm not good enough to be able to care for my baby. And if my family need to come in and do that, then I'm not a good enough mother. So there's a lot of racing thoughts and we get all this overthinking and you know, hopefully you know we're able to be able to share with at least somebody um that there is help out there you know the agencies that's there the nhs that you know go and see your doctor it's all about working with you to keep families
0: together that's so important I, i thank you donna for bringing up that because i know with a lot of the families we work with that's what comes up continuously of why they don't approach services for support. They fear their children are going to be taken away. So it may be that baby or the children that they have, the older children, they fear, fear that they're going to lose their whole families. So they suffer in silence and um, until it becomes then so bad that they have to go into hospital or whatever, instead of coming early for the support and the, the treatment. So how could, if, if we have a partners listening into this or sisters listening into this or mums or mums-in-laws listening into this, how can they pick up on things? What should they be looking out for um, in the beginning, in the early stages, uh, either the the presentation of the person or what they're saying or what they're doing to think, OK, maybe something's not quite right here? Um, I think it's more
4: how the mum might be presenting. So you might find that they're a little bit more tearful than what they've ever been. Um, there may be that difficulty in bonding, just finding the usual things that they would be doing to be just that little bit overwhelming and then becoming tearful. So everyday life just looks that little bit different, not wanting to visit with family um taking things very sensitively so I think it's that you know you might lose your sense of humor you might be worrying a lot more um, picking up on things that you wouldn't normally pick up on so yeah um I think a lot it's about, the, there is no rhyme or reasoning to it, but if you, you're you with your partner or a family member and you see that there's certain changes and they're in that perinatal period, it's worth approaching them and having that conversation with them to see how they are feeling and trying to normalise that a little.
2: Yeah, I think um, a woman acting totally out of character or totally... Um, Exenuated in, in what she's doing, and and very with with postpartum psychosis. A lot of the time, it's not so much of the sadness. It's it's can be elation. Um, mm. I know I, I had postpartum psychosis after both of my children, and especially after my son. I remember I was just euphoric and just like I've got the family I want, and I'm you know this is amazing, and I can do everything. I don't need to sleep again, and all all of that mm. came back and yeah there's there's some really dark times with postpartum psychosis and a lot of stuff that i did and experienced when i was unwell is very traumatic far too traumatic to explain um over the radio um but um but some of it is just you know i it was, it was so clear I had lost my mind because I seriously thought I could click my heels together and get back home from the hospital. I could jump through chalk paintings and everything was going to be okay. And I literally was jumping on the floor. And for me, things were opening, you know, rooms were changing colour around me so that it was more, uh, you know, like terracottas rather than horrible blues and stuff. And just, but there was still that overwhelming sense of being really actually petrified and scared. And I think people talk about anxiety, but I didn't know what that was until I had my daughter and I'd, I'd never, I'd never experienced a mental health condition before I'd had children. And just that fear inside me of something bad is going to happen and I'm going to drop the baby accidentally. Nothing was, you know, in my mind, I, I, I never wanted to harm myself or my children or anyone, but, um it was just that fear that something could happen if if I didn't keep on hyper alert. And I think that's why I had to stay awake, because if I'd have relaxed and gone to sleep, then an accident could quite easily have happened and I might not be here to tell the story today. So I think
4: that's an interesting point because you said there about um feeling that you may drop the baby. A lot of people might have the perception that, you know what, if you've got um, postnatal depression or um, psychosis, you want to harm your baby, that perinatal mental health is about harming the baby when it really isn't. You know,
0: it can be that other end of extreme protection. This Definitely. is a lovely conversation we're having, and, and we do need to go to a commercial break, I'm afraid, so I'm going to have to pause it at the moment, and we'll come back and continue it after the commercial break. Listeners, do grab a pen and paper, because the organizations are going to tell us their details, how they, you can contact them after the break also. So do tune in after this commercial break, inshallah.